Welcome to Not That Good. You didn't want to listen, but you know you should. Paul and Wes are probably smart. They'll get you off to a rocket start. Bikes, babes, and laughing too. It's like redoing elementary school, cause it's not that good. Not that good. Welcome back, my beautiful people. We got episode number 10. Rocking and rolling. Big 10, baby. Long, long, juicy one for you today. We thought we'd do something, something big, something wild, something you guys deserve for listening for this long. But don't forget, for all this hard work we're putting in, we got to make sure you guys are subscribing, liking, leaving some comments. Let us know what you hate, what you love, all the above. <laughs> Hopefully just things you love. Just compliments. We're here for the compliments. I do think it's going to be a a cool one because today we're going to be talking about uh, Animal House Fitness, the company that me and Evan started and that Wes, uh, Wes is a part of as well. And I think it's a little bit of a special one for us because it's our day job. I think it's the biggest one, but this is where we spend most of our time. You know, me, Wesley and Evan have been doing this together for like almost three new years now. So it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to share all of this with you guys and uh kind of give you a lot of the backstory that i don't think has really been like said publicly i mean even like even friends and family don't know the full story behind this so i think it'll be cool to share yeah no i totally agree i feel like there's a lot going on before i even hopped in with you guys which we'll cover here and even from when i hopped on forward there's just been like so much stuff it felt like it's been like time warped and it's cool to step back for a sec and, and take it in and talk about it all. Uh, so we're going to share that with you guys today. Yeah, agreed, man. And like, I think as far as this podcast goes too, it'll just kind of give a foundation and some backstory slash context of when we talk about random stuff from our work. Because there's a lot of uh, funny shit that goes on related to it, but without knowing what we're talking about, it's kind of hard to talk about. So I think we can get started. Let's dive in. I think it's going to be a long one, so let's get going. I'm kind of going to be playing interviewer for Pauly D here since I wasn't really on board at the very beginning of Animal House. Um, we got some questions lined up for Pauly D, and we're just going to tackle them from top to bottom, and you guys can just follow along, and we'll we'll dive into when I actually hopped on board with Animal House Fitness and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, so I think it's going to be... Kind of like the two parts. The first part is kind of pre-West and kind of pre-before we even got really going. And then the second part is the rocket shit. The rocket <laughs> shit. I said rocket shit. That's sweet. Yeah, the rocket shit with Wes uh, after that. So it's kind of like the past three years. But yeah, kick it, Wes. So starting it off, um, just a good general, general uh, question for you is, where did the initial idea come from of Monkey Feet, which is the product that you guys created, you and Evan, um, initially from the very, very, very beginning? It's funny to tell this uh, story more in a context of me and you, because I feel like every time I'm telling this story, I'm like trying to either convince someone to like buy shit from us or give us money or something. But it'll be cool to talk about it in a lot more of a casual sense. But um, yeah, so the idea originally came about with uh so my business partner evan gabara shout out baby uh we're gonna be bringing him up a lot but yeah ev um ev is a professional mma fighter and boxer and so he towards acl training um he was rehabbing his knee just like hobbling around the gym like going from rack to rack and it was like a uh, it was like a busy post-workout you know that everyone or sorry, post-work day that everyone's in the gym. She's a freaking party and he's hobbling around and like everything's taken, but the dumbbells are always open. Like there's always some dumbbells free. And he was using one. And he was like, man, I like wish I could just lift this with my feet. And so that whole thing sparked that idea of him trying to pursue things and what eventually snowballed into um, turning into monkey feet. He had that idea. He went did a little patent research, started Googling some shit, um, started kind of doing some real preliminary drawings and like just on patent paper and stuff. And he was talking. They were just like, yeah, they were just like, uh, just like chicken scratch, right? Like on paper that he originally showed you. Like it was, this wasn't anything legit. He was literally like doing some drawings on the side when he came home, I think when he first showed you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, 
some cool, even farther backstory. He had actually developed a, another product before. I don't, I don't know if you know this, where he patented one that never like kind of made it. And he had like an engineer that he worked with and like, it came out cool. It just, it was a little clunky and it never went anywhere. But so he had kind of done it. A, he had gone through this portion of it once before. And so he was kind of getting those like very preliminary, yeah, like chicken scratch drawings. We have some of those first ones on yeah, our website. That's what I remember. I love those. I just love that they kind of show like, you know, it doesn't need to take, it doesn't take a lot to start. It's like, just start somewhere and it could end up somewhere Definitely. super cool. Um, so he was talking to his uncle about it, uh, Torch, Mark Torchio, about the idea. And Mark Torchio, for those who remember the Nora episode, he's one of the dads that runs like the race team. And so I, at the time, was racing with him, and he was talking to Evan about it. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to look for like an engineer to help develop it and stuff. And his dad, or sorry, his uncle, uh, Torch, was like, oh, you should talk to Paul, he's a cool guy. I think you guys would get along. He's an engineer, blah, blah, blah. And so he he hooked us up. And I remember getting a call from from Ev uh, and just like being outside. I was working oh, at yeah. Alta at the time. And I remember being outside uh, in the back taking this call and being like, oh, yeah. And he was like explaining the idea. And I was like, yeah, I think, I think that could be kind of cool. Like I was trying to kind of figure it out. I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, send me some stuff. And... The initial idea was that I was going to do like contract work for him and make a first prototype. And, you know, I'm an engineer like three years out of school because this is like 2018. Uh, so it's like over five years ago now. And wow. Yeah, right. It's pretty crazy. That flew by. <laughs> yeah, that flew by. Yeah. That's crazy. And I'm like, uh, I was like, I'm going to just try to come up with something really quick for you. Like I'm charging hourly and long story short, I come up with like, I take his, his chicken scratch drawings and I basically create it in CAD as one-to-one -one as possible, you know, as cheaply as possible to try to get something done for him. And we meet up and once I have it like 3D printed and we try it and everything. Um, but that was kind of a funny, funny time because it was very rudimentary and it like just it literally looked like a like a two by four with sh like shoelaces hanging right. from it it was very like and you could pick up a dumbbell and it could strap to your foot but it was not anywhere what it is today and it was i kind of we had like a talk and i was like hey man like we can because by that time i had started to really think about it more and i i was really getting into the idea and i was like i think there's actually like some something here and like Ev was very gung ho about it, which is sweet. Well, I guess because that's how he gets. You know, when he got, gets an idea in his head, he's like full throttle on it, no holding back. Yeah, nothing stopping him. My favorite. So he's probably coming with that mentality. My favorite Evan quote ever is, uh, "If I can invest my balls into this, I would." <laughs> I being like, "Damn, man! Like, I think this is a good idea, go, but I'm man. like trying to be, you know, hedge my bets and stuff." But, anyways we had a talk and I was like, Hey man, like we can make this sick, but like, you're not going to be able to like pay me to do it. It's just going to take too much time in development. Like respectively. Sorry. Like respectively, like he's coming to you, like wanting your expert advice. Cause you were working at Alta. So you're already doing this like full time for a full company while he's coming over on the side, trying to show you chicken scratch drawings, you know, <laughs> trying to bring in a, uh, trying to bring an idea to life. Um, which is crazy. But one question I had was like, what were your initial thoughts when he first brought the idea of monkey feet to you? Like, were there any limitations of he was like, yo, I wanted it to be like this big or hold this much weight or like strap in this way? Like when was that any part of the equation like that early on? Um, not as much from like a requirements like that kind of came later. I think the tough part is that we kind of lose a little bit like even me when we talk about monkey feet now we have really honed in the um kind of the value propositions of it to where you know like lift dumbbells with your feet you can do hamstring curls it's great for home gym um it's great for physical therapy you can travel with it you know you can work your hip flexors like all of these things we've really like sifted down to where at the time it was like those weren't as clear and i think we 
like even me, once I got into it, it's like we had a couple of things we thought we were, it was going to be good for, but it was like, it just wasn't as clear. Really so yeah. So originally when he was like bringing me the idea, I was like, I don't know if I fully get it. And like, like that kind of thing. And then I was like, yeah, you lift dumbbells to your feet. Like, how is it different than like all the normal questions people have when they first hear about it. Right. I think it's like, once I thought about it more and we talked about it together, I got more into it and I started believing and then we both got super into it. And then we we're like, okay, let's start developing this. And then that's when, that's when I had that conversation with him and I was like, Hey, but I like believe in this. Let's like, I'd be down to go in on this with you, like 50, 50, if you want. And we kind of did like a trial basis for a couple months. And then we, we went full on 50, 50, uh, on the idea, which was super cool. And honestly, it was a lot of trust from, from his standpoint that I wasn't going to just yeah, like, that is crazy. yeah, to like, I could have just been like, Oh sweet. I own 50% okay, later, now. Here's like, your design. Oh, yeah, wow. Exactly. Exactly. Or just like not pull my weight and that kind of stuff. And I think I've proved otherwise <laughs> for the most part, but yeah, definitely. yeah, it, that was kind of the first first part of that. And then we kind of got to work. It was like over two years, just totally on the side. When you guys were at that stage and like finally had a product that you wanted to test, I mean, were there any like initial doubts? Cause I, I remember seeing like photos that you sent me, this might've been like just after this, but I, I, I saw some like PVC stuff and all that, you know, you guys aren't working with like a lot of money to have like an actual product. So were there any doubts like when you finally finished the CAD drawing like of your design, right? Cause this is kind of a first actual product that you personally have ever like brought to market, like physically, you know, got made in production. Yeah. So I had brought parts to market under Alta and Boosted, but yeah, I've never done it like by myself and that means like right so it's all on it's kind of all on you which is like it's it's a lot of pressure like that's not not an easiest thing to just like cat up and be like oh like i think this is gonna and like to see where monkey feet is now like you know there there's a lot of like pressure for you to just put that together and like go show that to someone to start building yeah it. and i think the hard part is that in an engineering world like you don't like resources are kind of everything and so when you don't have the resources, like not just like the facilities and test stuff, but like the money, um, it's hard to do things as nice as you want to. So in that time, it's like, that's all about being scrappy. And so that was when it was fun. I mean, I was working at Alta and I remember asking my old boss, like, can I like 3D print this little part on the 3D printer? He's like, so funny. yeah, dude, everyone's kind of doing shit. Like homie's working on his car back there. This guy's using this for that. And like, yeah, just do it. It's startup land. No one's actually working on Altas. They're just using it as a startup. Or like people are still working, yeah, but true. it's like everyone's kind of using no, it. Right, right. It's like part of the perk of the job is like, you kind of use some shit. So I like, and then when I went to Boosted, I like just didn't ask. I was like, I'm using this shit. And, like, done that. and so, yeah. <laughs> so both those two companies, I was like doing my job, but then also like 3D printing and doing stuff on the side. But um, yeah, I mean, in the design phase, there were definitely a lot of tough parts to like get around. Like the, the two biggest, I think there's like actually three big challenges. One is fitting as many dumbbells as you could. Obviously it's like, it's hard to know what all the dumbbells are in the world and what their sizes are and make one thing fit it. Then the other part is on the other side is fit as many feet slash shoes as you can in the world. And as you know, we still struggle with that. Like, it's just hard. Like Definitely. a small girl yeah. that's barefoot, you know, with like a size four shoe versus an NBA, a NBA basketball player with a massive puffy shoe. Those are just like completely different things. Um, so that was tough. And then, you know, we really, I think... Once we got past that part, we like we focused on it a lot, but we really tried to figure out how we could make it as good of a user experience as possible. And that kind of meant like like one, like honestly, one ratcheting in system alone is kind of a lot when you need to like switch feet and stuff. And so we were trying to make that as simple as possible, but that means that like there's not as many like tie down slash fix fixation points. Moving and points. so yeah. Yeah, and so that means it's a little harder to keep um, keep the foot down on the monkey feet thing. So that's where the PVC stuff. I was like, that was like eleventh hour shit, where I was like, like grinding up pieces of PVC Pulling pipe and gluing it together. <laughs> yeah, dude, and like trying to get it to work. When I saw that stage, though, I was like, damn, this is actually like pulling some stuff together, like just pulling pipe out of his garage, pulling these parts, anything that you can find, but. 
Once you guys finally had, you know, like an initial prototype, I guess, what were the next stages for you? Like, obviously you guys have a, have a product and now you need funding, right? So you need, you need capital to actually put money behind this and kind of move this forward. So how, how did you guys deal with that? That's a good question. Like, actually, this was a little before those like 11th hour thing we were dealing with the PVC pipe. We had like, what's like known as uh, like a minimum viable product or just like a minimum viable prototype. Um, to where we kind of had something, it like worked, it was 3D printed, but it showed the concept. And from there we were, we were kind of going around to people that we knew and, um, just trying to like test the waters a little bit and see what people thought. And so we were actually going to this one, um, friend of Evan's named, well, it was a friend, it was Evan's friend's brother who was, had a successful operation going, basically just selling stuff. And, um, his name's Haroon and we, ended up going to him to ask him about like kind of manufacturing and like where he was getting stuff done, honestly, just like meeting people. And we showed it to him and he kind of believed in us. And then, uh, he was like, yeah, I have a, a factory in China. That's super good. And like their homies, blah, blah, blah. Like we have a really tight relationship with them. Like if you guys are serious, you could fly to China and you could talk to them. And so it's funny. Cause at this point, I was working at Alta before, as I said, and um, we had uh, suppliers in China and Taiwan and like all these different places, but I had never gone. And then the next year after this, I'm going to be at Boosted to where I'd end up going to China like five times in a year. But this was right before that. And so I was like, oh, whoa, that sounds like a lot. But we were like down. So we bought (laughs) we bought two tickets to China and go and that is so crazy to me still. Like the fact that you guys just sent it. And before you actually went with like your full job, you're just kind of like, uh, I guess we're going to roll over to China and check this out. <laughs> but compared to like doing it the way you guys did, like instead of going full in and finding like, um, you know, other companies to actually put funding behind like a big budget behind your guys's product. Like, what are the two differences between that and like, you know, so-called like bootstrapping it like you guys did for Monkey Feet? So do you mean like, what's the difference between bootstrapping it and then getting like VC funding and like that kind of stuff? Right. Because it sounds like you guys kind of found Haroon pretty quick, but can, like, you know, say someone else is building another product and they go out to try to find funding, like, would that be a different process of making like a pitch to show to like X, Y, and Z company, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, totally. Like, and so to, to, I guess to just finish that little piece of the story and then answer what you're saying is that we ended up going to China, coming back. They were like, yo, these are some kids. They have a cool thing. We don't know anything about the fitness industry, blah, blah, blah. And they basically like, Haroon, if you're in, if you're a part, like, are you a part of it? <laughs> like, if you're a part of it, like, I hear these, we're hear these kids. yeah, for real. And he was like, he told us that. And, uh, and we were like, oh, interesting. And well, he's like, nuts. he's like, honestly, like, and we kind of like, we knew he had money. So we kind of like egged at it a few times before, but, um, yeah, it kind of came down. He's like, I, I'll like, I will pay for the first container full of units and I'll be part of this and I'll take a percentage and I'll kind of help out cause I have a warehouse and shit. But that was like when we became partners, it was actually because of that. And there's a great quote of, uh, of, I forget who said it, but it's like, if you want advice, ask for money. If you want money, ask for advice. Oh. And it's like exactly what we did where we like went and asked for advice so and good. we ended up getting like, not money, but like funding for it, that. But he really kind of came on as like a partner um, and less of like a full-on investor. Because to answer your question, I think what it really comes down to personally is like how much money you need. Like if you can get by with first selling a few and then using that money and like doing it as a side hustle at first and slowly scaling and building and building and building. That is, to me, that is definitely um, optimal. But let's say you're doing something like really, really big where you just need a lot of startup capital to even get the ball rolling, to even get to a launch of anything to your like minimum viable product. That or you just can production. Offer. Yeah, right. Yeah. To where like, that's when you kind of have to go down the like, okay, let me raise some money. Let me, um, you know, do a seed round and then an angel round and then your series rounds. But, you know, 
with that said, you're always kind of answering to those big investors and they want to make uh, a big multiple on their investment. So that's what's hard is that you're, you might be at a point to where you 2x, 3x the business from where when they kind of came into the picture and gave you money and you're ready to like cash out and be like, cool, dude, I'm done. And they're just right. like, no, no, no. Like we have board seats. Like you're going to wait. Or, or you 10x it. Or the, the product, ten- no, yeah, but or the product tanks, right? So that's like a huge risk to take a bunch of money from fun- um, initial funders and then the product might not do as well. So it's kind of cool that you brought up like another way to do it would be to test your product just in the market and kind of get it validated before you go around and actually ask for money um, from other funders. Yeah, exactly. I thought it was pretty funny when you uh, told me about when you and Evan initially landed in <laughs> China um, and, and what happened when he like first, was it when he was first walking around or like no, so we happen? Yeah, dude, it's so funny. We, we weren't actually there yet. He forgot we had a layover oh. in like Korea or something. And he's, we're walking in the airport and he's like, so this is China, huh? And I'm like, ha ha. <laughs> I'm like, wait, no, dude, we're on our layover. <laughs> and so the whole, oh whole rest of the time we're like saying in China, like, so this is China, huh? But dude, it was wild. They I like walked us around like dog and pony, like trying to show us stuff. They tried to t- take us to like buy us stuff and everything. Like they, like That's they so bought wild. me like a jacket and like the, the shops, everything was. Were they trying to like impress you guys or something? Yeah, they were trying to. They, I mean, it's bit. kind of part of the culture too. They kind of, it's like the wine and dining kind of a thing. But I think even they were right. like, "What are we doing? These are children." Um, <laughs> so it, was, <laughs> it was funny though. It ended up going good, and and we uh, we like shook hands with them, and we're still with them to this day, which is super cool. But we've definitely had our our issues, and I think the first biggest one is like Haroon became a part of it. We decided to go with this manufacturer and they're like, okay, cool. Send us the, send us the drawings to look at. And we're like, okay, cool. And so I sent them the CAD files. Right. And keep in mind at this point, it's like prototype CAD. It's like, I would say 70% there. Like the product's not fully built yet. Yeah. And they say, we'll send you. Yeah. And they're like, cool. We'll send you a sample. And I'm like, cool like send me a prototype, like a 3D printed, whatever. They send me fully tooled, for those who don't know, a big investment cost in making something that's like injection molded plastic or anything like that is buying the tools to do it. And the tools are like these big molds that cost anywhere from like 10 to $100,000 that you basically shoot the plastic into to make the plastic parts. That's the big initial investment. And so they basically went and did that with the CAD from all my prototype stuff. And that ended up being honestly like a year delay of us kind of like arguing like, yo, this was just supposed to be a sample. Like we're not done. And then we ended up, you know, changing some things, paying more money. And uh, that was when we got those samples. And that's when we were really going through that, uh, the PVC pipe stuff, because it was (laughs) basically with one little strap just over your ankle, it was like lifting. It was like, tilting so like your toes would lift up a lot and your heel would lift up a lot and so that's why we created that top piece that we call the duck bill now um because it could be one strap around but it kind of still puts pressure on the top and the bottom of your foot to nerd out a little but for for people listening like if you had to relive that moment and say someone's on the same kind of journey of creating a product like what would you do differently to not make that mistake because obviously like you burnt a lot of initial money that you guys had invested on a bunch of prototypes that you didn't really sign off on. So like, what would be the way to like, make sure that that doesn't happen if someone's like going through the same process? I think the takeaway there, and especially when you are dealing with a new anyone, not just a new like country, like we were dealing with, um, but just a new supplier when you don't, or a new relationship with anyone, this is honestly a, a good lesson, like through for any profession or anything to where it's you just got to make sure you're extra clear at the beginning and like honestly hold hands a little bit (laughs) with people until they have proven that they can kind of do it that they understand they can do it on their own to where in this spot before sending any files or anything you know this is what we do now even though they haven't made this mistake since to where you send files and you just 
on every file, not for production, like, or uh, prototype only, like everything. And when Big you're sending it, like, this is, this is a sample. This is not for production. It's not for prototype or this is prototype only, blah, blah, blah. And just being extra clear. And so, you know, it's part of, part of the journey. It's part of the mistakes. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a, a good one to learn from for sure. Once you guys had the product, like finally built, I guess, on accident, you know, <laughs> from China, like what were your thoughts on where you were going to sell this product? Because now you have your prototype in hand, I guess it's getting made, you know, about to be shipped over to you guys. Like, how did you guys formulate a plan to figure out like where you were going to sell? Because obviously this was I guess I don't know really like in the e-com boom, but like you guys definitely had a choice of like, okay, we're either going to push us out on online only or like B2B or D2C. Like what, like how did you guys figure out what you wanted yeah, to do? Yeah, that's honestly a great question because I I haven't really thought about that much since because now we're so clear on not only our options, but what we're doing now. But, you know, during 2018 or whatever, we were so green to this, like me and Evan, um, we just hadn't, like we had done stoked a little bit and we had done that online and right. we understood that kind of, um, but we like, we didn't know what we were getting into and we were working for these bigger companies that were omni-channel as it's called, where they have multiple sales channels. Um, and we, you know, I think in our head, we were like, oh, we can do all of them, you know, just like naively as a, like a two man <laughs> band. Right. But I think, Not. I think amidst all of the like, podcasts we were I was listening to and, and all the stuff the research Ev was doing and like we wanted to do all this stuff but we knew that starting um e-commerce would be like the easiest way to kind of start and you know between this is kind of where you start being involved a little bit uh to where you know obviously we're homies through all this and so I'm bouncing ideas off you and we're talking 50 50 oh yeah we're at least acquaintances maybe so <laughs> at best <laughs> bitch and we're like sending stuff back and forth and talking about how we can leverage social media and everything because you were big you were early honestly on all that mm -hmm. stuff to where we're like oh yeah we could use this and that and you're creating content like there's something i we think that that's our best avenue but then later we can expand it into all the other channels kind of a thing yeah definitely i feel like it was a kind of the time when people started like blowing up businesses on social media and it was very easy to like get in front of people. So that's probably like why you guys thought it'd be so easy to just put together a website, maybe some social accounts, accounts and like get the product just everywhere and anywhere you can compared to like, say you guys wanted to rent it out like a little storefront, you know, and like try to push product from there. Obviously that didn't really make sense for this product, but when you guys were creating the product. Yeah. Oh, real quick. You know, sorry, uh, just to cut in because it just came in, came to my mind. I remember right as we were getting into this, I was reading uh, and listening to a lot of Tim Ferriss stuff. So I do give him a little kudos to where like we were definitely like the whole like creating your own company and your own, you know, controlling your own destiny a little bit um, and being in the driver's seat. You know, I could comment a lot more on like the actuality of that later, but um, <laughs> and as far as uh, creating a company, he talked a lot about that and a lot about like the different ways to do it, like online and everything um, and how to test different ideas and different audiences and blah, blah, blah. So I think that was, I was definitely like in that, you know, ecosphere realm. Like you were <laughs> thinking about doing it that way from other previous like pods that you were listening to. Exactly. And I kind of get an influence from, but no, I was going to ask like when you guys originally, because like Evan was obviously building other products before this. And when you guys finally came up with Monkey Feet, like how did you get, like, was that going to be your only product or did you guys think you would be creating other products down the line or like where did, where did Monkey Feet play into the overall like company of Animal House Fitness? Like how did that start to brand? Yeah. So, you know, it was funny because this was, and I don't want to make this seem revolutionary at all, but it was definitely one of my first, besides just being an engineer um, that was being helpful for Ev, one of the first things that I kind of saw myself bringing values, like this little vision part to where, you know, we wanted to make this product and I was like, oh, let's name it something 
you know, not just the product, like let's have a company name and we can come out with other things that supplement it, um, that are related to it and eventually take over the fitness world. I remember being like, and one day we're going to take over rogue and all this kind of stuff. And like, you know, who knows, might still got it, but, uh, it's definitely a little bit, (laughs) definitely learned a lot. We're selling on there. Yeah. 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 We are selling on rogue's website, which is cool, but it was one of those first things to where I was like, I know I, I, like I really passionately thought that making a, an actual brand name would be super cool. And I don't know if you remember this and I don't fully know what the actual truth is, but I think you named <laughs> monkey feet. Did you, do you remember? I did. And it was, it was like right before I was, I came to work here and uh, you were sending me ideas and you gave me the initial product photo or idea of or what it was going to do you kind of just told me what the product was going to do like oh it's going on a dumbbell it kind of looks like a snowboard binding it's going to pick up weights you're like i don't know what to call it me and i've gone back and forth between like multiple names nothing's really like stuck yet and i think i remember just firing off like a couple i remember you talking as as a joke (laughs) yeah you're like oh as a a joke (laughs) i was like just call it monkey feet. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, B, it's got like monkey. It's like, from. you know, it's like a little monkey you pick it up. Like you got some monkey feet or something. And I'm like, yo, that's actually a good fucking name right there. <laughs> and I didn't think you were going to take me serious on that. But obviously it's stuck now and makes like perfect sense for the product. Took it a little too seriously. Um, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny looking back on that because obviously we, we're good at naming things, as you could tell from our previous podcast. <laughs> but that one, that one seemed to work well. So I get... I get a I get a gold prize for that one. Yeah, you get hired for that one. But yeah, and then after that, I was like, oh yeah, we could make it like kind of animal related, blah blah blah. And we, and I was like, oh, Animal House, the movie is hilarious, and that kind of has that like fratty undertone. But we can make it like animal related, and you know, Ev and I, but Ev especially is very like, you know, pro. Um, environment and like trying to stop climate change and all this shit he actually is very anti overpopulation so he really just wants to like try to take out half the population if possible (laughs) that's his solution it's so funny that he's a pro boxer but he does have this like soft side and and like you're talking about like wants to take care of everybody in the environment and like and then on the other side he just wants to rip rip heads off (laughs) that's how he wants to do it he wants to rip everyone's heads off But I mean, we kind of like tied all that together and made it into like the brand, which has honestly worked out pretty good. I mean, I don't, the brand recognition on actual Animal House, I wouldn't say is like crazy, crazy, but like people get it. But I definitely think the naming of the product has gone really far because people remember some portion of monkey feet, monkey boot, monkey foot or something and like all that stuff. And especially compared to like other products and stuff, it's so unique and it's so we trademarked it. And so it's so trademarkable. And whenever anyone tries to like use similar words, like you can't really use anything similar without being a blatant trademark. So that's actually gone really far for us. So that's cool. When, when that came together, were you thinking about all of that, like for the product name, like as far as like SEO and all that stuff and brand building, you're like, Oh, monkey feet could work well. Yeah. I I compared to going with like something generic, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was definitely thinking for for SEO. What I wasn't thinking of is defensiveness on trademarks and patents and stuff. Like for instance, right now on Amazon, like being able to see and file cases within Amazon against like brands that are coming out and they're calling it monkey. Yeah. When they use monkey feet, they're blatantly using a trademark and it's a knockoff product that's nothing near. And it's like, they're obviously doing it. Versus if we called it like, you know, foot bell or some shit it's like you can't and someone Super uses generic. like feet bell yeah. it's like oh yeah sorry you don't get to just get feet so unless you want feet feet <laughs> next product feet bells <laughs> what could go wrong but this is uh around this time is when you guys were thinking about bringing me on and it's when you guys finally had the product in your hand were able to test it a little bit and now you guys wanted to bring it in front of people um, and kind of bring it to life for the, for the launch. Yeah. So, and like to, huh, 
I don't want to get give myself too many kudos, but in my head, I was like, if this works, I could hire Wes. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my I mean, real, real quick, real quick though. Like, we, it's kind of like a dream country. Like, really, like since we were little, we've always wanted to be like, yo, let's start a comp. Like, as a joke, like let's start a company together. Like, more whatever. We, we tried stoked and all. It's still still rolling, but just like for this to actually like be where it's at has been like really really sick. Yeah. No. Totally. And like. It's kind of part of, I mean, putting everything out there. It's like, okay, if I start something, I can be my own boss. I can have autonomy on creativity and everything and being able to create this. And, you know, realistically, hopefully exit and be rich one day kind of a thing, right? It's like kind of the thing everyone wants to do. But very much part of it um, was like, I want to be working with the people I want to be working with. And like working with my best buddy would be fucking sick. And so like, that was all kind of part of this. And all of that was like a drive together. And so, yeah, as you're saying, before we like fully launched, um, that's when you started getting involved. Cause I was always keeping you in the loop, but it was like, Hey man, and this is where you honestly helped us. So later we could help you, but it was like, yo, we need like a video and like all this stuff to actually launch it. And you're like, be say less. Like charge us like fucking a dollar and change. <laughs> yeah, I just I remember I was working working at Dirt King, honestly doing like five different jobs. Um, I was doing like um, part of like the not not production, but just like creating parts over there for the trucks and whatnot. And then on the side, I was doing photo video, and that was it. wasn't my full time job over there, but I was starting to do it more seriously. And obviously, I was doing side product side projects and like freelance projects um with video photo that i just started love doing so like any time that came into my life i just tried to feed that energy like more and more and um i remember reading at dirking and then you texted me like little nuggets of all this like starting to build and i was just like oh man like i hope one day i could just be fully like creating for like our own product and like something that we can possibly like build together um and i was really hyped when you sent me uh, just like the initial video thoughts and like kind of storyboard of what you guys vision to like put together for a, like a launch video. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm all over this. Like if this Dude, cracks, like obviously too. I could probably leave. Yeah. I can like leave what I'm working now and maybe like start building this brand together one day, which is, which is where we're at now, which is awesome. Yeah. And like, good on you too. Cause you like, you saw that and you're like, Oh, okay, let's go 110%. Cause like the initial video you made still slaps for us. That's like still the first thing we send to anyone that wants to figure out what the product is or when, uh, it's still in our ad account crushing all the time. It's still like, it's still more than up to snuff for our like company standards. Right. And it was made before there was even a web, like, I, there was no website. And so yeah. like, that's fucking sick. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is crazy to watch because obviously like I've progressed so much just in like video and photo skills like since then. So when I watch it, I'm just like, oh, no, oh, I can't no, believe dude. this is our, like, so, I can't so believe this is a launch video, but it's a good one. I mean, I mean, hey, like got us to where we're at now. And we've been able to kind of like chop that up into multiple ads and just building that video was funny because obviously we still didn't have a lot of money. Right. So when you asked me to put this together, I'm like, OK, like. Like, what's the budget? He's like, no budget, but if it works, you're hired, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm going around asking my friends, like Leek was in it, my girlfriend, my other good buddy, like Sage, like anyone that was working out at the time or like near me. I'm anyone like, that had feet were in no, it. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that had good, I mean, Leek's got massive calves. I'm like, you're in, you're signed up. Dude, but so um, funny. yeah, anyone like first person that I could grab, I just would, we would, go shoot like obviously it was a good product to have at home so we were just like shooting in our little apartment in like point loma which is crazy and like a good point to bring up that like even if you don't have a big budget for a project it's just like kind of put together anything that you can grab the people that will kind of like shoot with you just for homies like you don't always have to have like the perfect tools or like the perfect camera to make any kind of video um as long as you as long as you got the as long as you got the juice baby Dude, that, that initial, like, uh, you or whatever it's at the beginning of that video, like, when I hear that, it's still, like... The very logo Yeah, black. it, like, still sparks me. I know. It's, like, it's burned in my <laughs> in my head. Yeah, go check out uh, Wes's masterpiece there. If you... 
YouTube, or I mean, it's on our website, but just introducing monkey feet on YouTube should get you there. That was a cool time because, you know, to kind of skip through all that kind of quick is like, we launch, it's pre-orders. We like, don't know what's going to happen. You know, we had done, like started building a Instagram account kind of that had some people on it and we like launch and, you know, my mom buys the first one and (laughs) Evan's mom buys like six of them. And like, after you're looking at the um shopify and you're like oh we got sales (laughs) you you probably dug in yeah and we like yeah and you know i think we sold like 20 the first day which was pretty sick i mean we had done a lot of work like trying to get a launch together but we did like 20 the first day like six the second day like 10 the next day and we're like okay it's like kind of going and like all this stuff and um i had met a buddy of another buddy on a bachelor party trip we were going on a fishing boat all day and this guy had just started a he basically did like facebook ads and he just started a marketing agency around that and like influencers um this is again in 2020 this is right before covid and i was talking to him and uh all day on this boat we're just like riffing and so funny long story short yeah and this is taylor lagasse Shout out T-Lag, baby, and Kinship. The boy. The boy. But four days after launch, I, I remember texting him and be like, all right, bro, talk to me about this Facebook stuff. How do we get this started? And like, he's like, oh, V, I got you. And then he helped me go through this training, and I set up our ad account. And I was like, can you double check it before I launch? And he's like, of course. Anything for you. And we... My guy. My guy. And... He checks it and we're like, good to go. And like, we basically press go. And in the next couple of days, it starts going off and he can't help himself. And he like jumps in and he's like, yo, I need, let me take over. Let me take the drive. Let me take the wheel. And you kind of didn't know what was going on then, right? Like we, we you chopped up because you were running this ad account by yourself and you, it's not really your realm, right? So you're just like, oh, I'll put this video here. This is kind of my audience. We'll, push it over here and then you just dumped it out right dude the and biggest came back, thing was and this is when he i was scared to spend 50 dollars a day because i didn't get it yet that's a lot actually because i've done previous ads from way way back like 50 is like you're like oh like are you sure like where's this going like is this gonna get to anyone exactly and like i i don't think of it how i do now to where it's just like you know on a daily basis you spend x amount you make Y amount and you find that profit margin and you just, there's a ratio there. That's like, if people have heard ROAS, that means return on ad spend. That's just something that gets tracked from a day to day, from a marketing standpoint to where you just, you can scale, you can use the Facebook machine to scale against those metrics kind of to the moon, honestly, like we're still using it. But in the time I didn't really get that. And I saw it as just like, dude, we don't have $50 to spend. You know, it's like, yeah, like we, we don't exactly. want to. And I remember being scared to spend 50 bucks and then him being like, bro, you got to do 150 a day. Just trust me. And what? I'm like, I was like freaking out. And now to think how we've come full circle and we're spending like, we spent like five grand it's yesterday. It's a lot though. It's a lot <laughs> on a product wild. that you had, yeah, like had no clue if it was going to do good or bad. So you're just pretty much risking like all the money you had for that day. Just not, not even knowing if it's going to be a return. And that's, um, that is when we were still doing pre-orders. So no one had had it yet. Cause basically a month before it was going to get there, we, we launched it. Um, which, you know, that's something we could dive into in another episode if we wanted to, but like, it's a lot of headache. And so we launched October of, 2020 so like six months into covid everyone's working out at home blah 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 (laughs) yeah and like we don't launch or we don't start shipping until like early november like right before black friday um so you know it's a crazy time to be shipping something on the internet or selling something on the internet putting facebook ads behind it and not a single customer has it in their hands yet so it was a nutty time but um yeah fast forward about six months later stuff is doing well we're scaling the company is looking good there's obviously a tons of hiccups and everything but like it was kind of taking off in an awesome way and that was when it was official and i was like within that i was like all right we need i had to have a talk with ev i was like we need wes come on like <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be worth it and then that's when we hired you 
Biggest yeah. regret of my life. Oh, get out of town. <laughs> so once that finally took off, though, like what what was, I mean, there's obviously, you know, issues that come with, with growing so quickly because that, you, you we, we launched like right before COVID, which honestly like worked into our, what, like advantage, I guess you want to say, because like everyone was going home, right? Like gyms were closing. This was a product that you could use like at home. So it kind of like, it kind of like took off at that same time that you guys launched, like because of COVID. And I feel like once this all started scaling so quickly, there was a lot of like backlash from that, right? Like on behind the scenes, you know, like now you got to fulfill orders. Now there's issues here. Now it can't ship there. Like, and I think that's right when, when we were thinking about like expanding the team. Yeah. It's, it's tough, man. Cause I, <clears throat> I always, think about this like in hindsight if like what I would have done different or um what I would have wished to go different a little bit and I think my takeaway always is like if things ended up good don't try to outsmart it too much and like think they would have gone better a different way too much because like it's hard to really quantify a lot of a lot of stuff so like growing quickly a lot of it was you know we didn't have all of our stuff in check and we ended up starting to spend a little bit too much money on marketing. Our margins were getting a little thin and then things just going absolutely to the moon. And the problem is there, when you're growing so quickly, you have to grow all of your team, your foundation, your uh, software stack, your everything, your all of your operations, your standard operating procedures quickly, which is hard because that means you just don't have as much time to do each thing. Um, so it grew fast and things broke and we ordered way too much inventory and then we had like no cash <laughs> and then we had to sell it. And then like, it was just like a tough, a tough one. But again, it's something that you don't really look a gift horse in the mouth when stuff ended up going well, because you know, that could have, if we wouldn't have grown that quick, you never know. We might've never gotten big enough to have um, a lucky occurrence of like Joe Rogan buying our, our stuff and talking about it on his, uh, his podcast a few times. So right, it's like, like it was, it was know. a good problem to have, even though they were big problems, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was one of the big things with like hiring Cammy shout out Cammy, baby. He, uh, he is an absolute and you, pre- were- you were previously working with him, uh, at Alta, right? That's where you first met him. We worked at Alta. He was like, um, shit at Alta he's head of supply chain or something, but he's just an absolute stud. And he worked at Toyota before and then Tesla um, and really, really sharpened his, what's that phrase? Sharpened his tooth? Ground, sharpened his teeth. Oof. I like it. We'll go, we'll yeah, go with that. It's way better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At, uh, at Tesla and then Alta and then kind of, honestly, was trying to figure out a different like whale of life a little bit because he right. was just, he would work his ass off. Um, but yeah, he's he's our head of ops now and he absolutely crushes and he helped take a ton of that stuff off my plate because, you know, with entrepreneurship, it's like you all of a sudden going from like I was a mechanical engineer, product designer before you go from like, I just designed the one product and like even more narrow than that. It's like right. I do the design. Someone else does the testing. Someone else takes a whole team does the quality control. Yeah. And now it's like not only do you do all that, but you do like finance and ops and marketing but then we hire you ops we hire <laughs> um cammy but like you know all the stuff um hr kind of i don't know i haven't violated you if any <laughs> i'm violating you, you. i haven't had you violate anything yet so <laughs> the hilarious needing hr for that one sentence yeah that was a big booster when joe rogan kind of took it up i mean when did we first actually find out that that happened i i think a lot of people, you know, it's it's funny to talk about because a lot of people think that we reached out to him or like pushed the product in front of his face. And uh, when we when we found out about it, it was actually through like another friend, right? The very first time. Yeah, we were, it, it's funny and I love this shit because this is, <laughs> we were together because we were coming back from Mexico and I had had my phone off the whole time um, because we went to, uh, your place in Gonzaga, which is totally like off the grid, at least at the time there was like no Wi-Fi and stuff. I know there is now, but we had come back and we were just crossing the border and just turning our phones off. And I'll never forget it. Cause I got a text from my cousin and he's like, yo, dude, you were on Rogan. I was like, 
what are you talking about? And he sent me the link. And so we were listening to it as we were just in jam-packed traffic crossing the border. That's when we got and, service again, because like, you, you pretty much don't have service the yeah. whole time. So you probably sent it a long time ago, and then we finally got service. It, your phone's, like, blowing up. Yeah, which is nuts. And it's just like, yeah, apparently he, yeah, to, to what you're saying, like, we didn't send him to one, we didn't pay him to do anything. Um, but we had, so, yeah, a little quick tangent. A big part of our model and this is what t-lag at kinship does is is a, a concept called seeding and it's to where you find influencers and you send them free product with no strings attached and you kind of let them post about it if they want talk about it if they want whatever like you don't really do anything um but you're ending up reaching out to a lot of influencers and we found this guy called ben patrick um or knees over toes guy um uh, sorry our our agency uh, kinship did t-lag's agency and they sent him a unit and he fell in love with it. And he famously is big for like rebuilding people's knees with exercise. And instead of like just trying to shield the knee, he wants to go to like the ends of the range of motion and all of that and really strengthen the knee and everything. You can check him out. He's, I think he's knees over toes. And, and, everything, and this but. was the same time that he was also trying to blow her up. Right. So he wasn't like as, as big either, but he was getting big and, and reaching a lot of people. So it was kind of like a good connection for us to have. And anyone that was like at that, level we were obviously trying to reach out to and like grow together um and it's really cool to see like him blowing up as well because he was at i remember at this time he was at like three hundred fifty thousand followers and he's multi-million now um but it was cool because he was really doing a lot he was working close with us he was really big on going and meeting with different like like athletes and influencers and stuff so he was doing a ton of that and every time he met with one he would text me and uh or like us and two other companies that he loved the products for. They were like his core products for it. And we would send that person our products. So long story short, Joe Rogan finds Ben Patrick, knees over toes guy, and um, ends up finding out about monkey feet, liking it because he can knee people in the face <laughs> and then orders one. And then we hear um, about it mentioned on that first podcast. And then he ends up doing it. That was the first one, and then he does it two more times. So one when he had Ben Patrick on, and the last one was when he had what's that dude's name? Andrew. It's like Andrew. I'm gonna butcher this, but like Santiago or something. He's a comedian. He's like the manager in the Dave Show. <laughs> That's how I remember. Yeah, him. the, uh, the red haired guy. He's, so he's fucking funny. hilarious. Yeah, he's 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 awesome. He had an interview with Joe Rogan. He I forgot why they brought it up, but they're talking about exercises again, and Joe Rogan like just mentioned it. And again, like people were sending this to us because like Joe Rogan's podcasts are so long. You're like trying to skim through them. Like, where's monkey feet at? Where's monkey feet? It's it, two hours and 45 minutes. Yeah. Like, oh man, I got to listen to this whole thing. But yeah, that, that was the- Joe, I know you're not listening, but if you are, maybe. thank you. Because you help to this day still people say they bought it because of you. And uh and that was one of the first like rocket ships that our company went on. Definitely. And, you know, then we trying to figure out how much to order after Joe Rogan talks about your shit. It's like you don't really have any idea. So, <laughs> I mean, that was kind of the two biggest players was just getting on Facebook ads and putting out a huge web there to see who we can who we can catch. And then like linking up with every influencer that we could just DM like a big part of it was just. Yeah, people think it's like very crazy, but all you really got to do is like you're a, you're a DM away from like any big influencer, big athlete, big star. So like just go in and flood people's DMs. Like you never know if they're going to read it or not. And it's a really good place to just start if you're trying to, if you're a small brand and you're trying to just like grow your brand, just like it's a numbers game. So you could just send out like a hundred DMs a day. You'll probably get like five back, but you never know. Like those could be five NFL players. And then if they post about your product, you'll just have their whole like audience under them see that. And that just keeps like evolving and scaling and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. I, I would say like, that was a big reason why we grew so quickly and so fastly. Um, and then also we had that connection with rogue. Did we know someone in rogue? Like how did that initially launch? I, I don't no, know. So yeah. So what was really funny is that um, the second time that Joe Rogan talked about us the next week, rogue hit us up and they also had hit up because i we're really close with uh yeah shout out to the slant board guys um they were also on like ben patrick's like list of things and 
they had gotten contacted by them shortly before or something like that. But it was all around like that same time. Um, and yeah, it was like a week later, they like contacted us about possibly doing some wholesale stuff. And now to this day, they're our biggest wholesale customer and we've been selling to them for like, shoot, like a year and a half now or something. Yeah, it's um, been but yeah, it gives us a lot time. of cool, cool validation of just like being on their site, you know, and people, they think it's like, foo-foo or fake or you know just it's hard with a new i know i get it it's hard with a new product and new brand to like have credibility towards it but when you're on stuff like rogue then um kind of kind of helps I mean, a I little bit i feel like that's a big part of it where it's like you're a new product in like a huge space like the fitness space is so big and like you can i feel like if you're just like a little company or like a single product there's just so many like of the same products already out there which was really cool how monkey feet was like so unique and it it's kind of like it helps us when any time we're trying to put it in front of another company or like influencer, they're like, Hey, you know, we've never seen this before. Yeah, exactly. From like a brand perspective and just like getting that trust from the customer. Um, it helps a lot when we can point at stuff like Joe Rogan and rogue and all that stuff. And now like garage stream reviews, shout out to them too. They're awesome. They just bought their products now as well. Yeah. They bought the product and reviewed it and they're awesome. And they've been super cool to work with. And I don't know, it's just cool being on this like, side of the industry i guess because there's a lot of like crummy scummy people out there trying to like just jip people and like make a buck but like garage gym reviews are like they're totally legit they like practice what they preach and honestly like i don't think he needs this but like <laughs> joe rogan is one of those guys that in the dms is like dming us after we I asked know, for like so commission cool. or something yeah and he's just saying like he was super nice he's like i love the product honestly like i use it all the time and like he was just being super cool. And we're like, wow, that's, that's sweet. Like in a world where you think there's a lot of caca out there, it's just like, there's some cool players, like, you know, Garage Jam Reviews and um, Joe Rogan and a bunch of other people. So do we want to chat cool about stuff. kind of how we expanded into other countries and cross seas and a little bit of, a little bit of that? I know we're, I know we're already running long here, but yeah, I, I think really quick, some of the things that we did shortly after is we like, you know, we came out with monkey feet, then we're like, okay, how do we get it in other places? So we launched international shipping so that we could ship from our one fulfillment center in the U S to everywhere else in the world. It's just, you have to pay the shipping fee and the like duties. So sorry. So that comes out being really expensive. That problem just came with scaling as well. Right. So when you, when we like first launched and just got in the U S and that did really well and that was scaling. And then now this product is being seen like outside of the U S. So it was like the big four, like, UK, Australia, um, US and Canada, we were trying to ship product like outside of the US without having the product be like the same price as shipping, right? Which is why we wanted to expand our fulfillment centers to other locations. To yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like where we're at now is we're trying to get those fulfillment centers open. Cause like, you know, if you're in, you know, the middle of like South Africa or something, you can still get monkey feet shipped to you. It's just going to cost a shit ton of money. But, um, you know, we're hoping to get to that point too, where we can have fulfillment centers all over the world. So it'll be like a little cheaper. So, you know, that was a big, a big one. And then we, you know, we came out with a couple more products. We came out with uh, our banana pack, which is like dumbbells that fit like perfect for monkey feet. Just, you know, they do pretty well, but it's also like, kind of premium signaling from our product line to where, you know, that all the stuff we make is like super legit. So that like dumbbell set looks sick. Um, and then, yeah, kind of, we just launched some other stuff, some other white label products that Wes, you yeah. were heavily involved in and made tons of sick I videos. Mean, you know, it's what I do, baby. But no, those are cool products to launch. It wasn't like another, it wasn't like a first of its kind product for the fit, fitness industry, but we wanted to launch them kind of as an accessory to Monkey Feet because we thought if people were working out at home, you know, they could also use the fitness bands that we launched. So, um, as well, which are the Lion Loops, the Buffalo Bands, and the last but not least, the Ram Roller, another good naming. The Ramrod Roller. <laughs> <laughs> I still yeah, want to come up with that. that. No, dude, that was me. I went off. Evan one came day. up with that one. No, I went full. I went full coffee no. mode on you, mo fools. <laughs> <laughs> dude, so good. And like, it's been fun, man, because we've been able to like scale and kind of slowly bob and weave and figure out what we want to do and like test stuff and like grow. Like, 
I think one of the bigger things that we like weren't sure about and we were getting into, like everyone was making an app and we like wanted to kind of test that. And so we made those guided workouts, that 10 pack of hour long um, videos, which was super cool. It came out super good. And yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. You know, they do pretty decent, but um, it was our baby step into like that app space, the digital content stuff. Um, and who knows if we'll go could dabble more with in the future, later, but maybe a little subscription, yeah. you know, get, get new workouts each week, each month or something that we're still testing. But if you guys have ideas on that, you know, send them our way. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to be a, a free, a free influencer, as we've talked about a lot, you're hired. Uh, <laughs> come on and sign up. Yeah. You're hired. Like I said before, um, just shoot us a DM. We're there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wesley will maybe read it. Yeah, but it's been cool to like test a bunch of different stuff and like especially in the last year. Well, really like honestly the last year was was really tough. The like um you know, it's July of 2023 right now. Um like October of 22 and for like the next 6 months, maybe a little bit before that. It was really hard. I mean, that was when like the Fed was raising interest rates for the first time. Hard for everyone. Customer sentiment like. was just yeah. And like, we just had a ton of inventory and cash was getting really, really tight and things were just changing quick. And that was like the hardest time in our business, honestly, but it made us get lean and mean. And honestly, now we're in a better, I mean, I'm not just saying this, but like we're in a better spot now as a business, which, you know, I think we're all proud of. And, you know, it's let us be nimble and like really focus on the things we want to do. and. We, uh, you know, we can't talk about the product that's going to be launching in a few months here, but Spoiler we've been putting a ton of time <laughs> and work in that. Spoiler! Can you just bleep it out if I say it no, <laughs> accidentally it's when in. I say it's it? It's stuck. It's um, here. If you listen, you got some extra goodies. <laughs> yeah, that's when we like brought on uh, my buddy Kevin from Alta, who's also a mechanical engineer, who did a ton of the design work on it, and it's just going to be another sick patented product that i'm really really hyped for and we've been putting a lot of work on now so i don't know just being able to scale responsibly and and focus a lot on all of all of these things as we've grown has been been really cool love it what's been your favorite part huh let me fucking spin it on you little man just seeing your ugly face every day being able to work with my worst buddy my worst buddies evan i love you doggy no but it's honestly been really cool (laughs) to work with you guys and wake up and grind on this project together and keep trying to scale this to the moon um and just it's been incredible to see where it's like really started from and where it's at now how about from like a creative and like uh the sheer marketing aspect like what's been like the craziest part for you because you do all of our like organic and you manage our social media and our emails and like all of our marketing stuff so like what's been like the craziest part for you i i think i mean like getting into some other stuff here too but just coming from like the off-road and moto scene uh, like a a fun like creative thing that i've learned is just like filming different kind of content so before i'm filming like bikes out in the desert or like people ripping on like in trucks or in razors and whatnot and now i'm having to like film in the gym and it's like all these different angles that you got to learn and now like, it's just all booty shorts you got the best like, job ever you know like how to make people <laughs> look sick in the gym and it, it actually is like very different and when i first started filming like for you guys i was like shit like dude i got this i never filmed anything like this before um but i kept i kept learning <laughs> full that. imposter syndrome yeah I kept learning as as we were going it was really cool to put myself in situations that i've like never been in or filmed um for other shoots and just on the marketing side it's I've, I've learned a lot on just like how to scale this business and like how like where to put product and and where we want to seed people and like who we want to seed and who are the important players um and like all the back end that goes behind on just trying to like make a product look cool and in like a certain industry and um like all those aspects i feel like i've done like a good job at putting some of the content together that we have on Instagram and spreading that out through, you know, TikTok and YouTube and all those different channels where you kind of got to make, um, you got to make videos for the, that type of, uh, I'm, I'm blanking here, not social media, but that platform, you know what I mean? Like each platform's got its own type of video. So it's been really cool to take influencers and shoot with them on the side and, and build relationships there. And it's cool, man. I mean, you've, 
I've personally seen you grow a lot with this too. And you've taken on a, a ton and juggled a ton of different, like new things that you haven't done before, you know? Um, so it's been cool seeing you hit everything head on and just absolutely blast it. And the brand is definitely something sick because of you. Get out. You know, I'd say like 10%, but it's been good. It's, it's been a huge learning curve. And like when I first hopped on this, I honestly probably wasn't like fully prepared for like what I'm doing now. But since I've worked here, I've, I've learned a lot like with you guys and you've always helped me like learn new stuff that I don't know. And I think that's the coolest part about uh, working with you now. Yeah, man. Well, none of us were prepared for yeah. any of the shit that was going to happen. So, I mean, we hit the ground. What another another favorite or one of my favorite ones is you jump off the cliff and you build the plane on the way down, and that's, that's like us. that's all of us. We like <laughs> all the same plane. Yeah, we launched it, and yeah, exactly. But we've crushed, man. I'm excited because we're we're not stopping anytime soon. We're going to the moon with this. So. Um, I'm hyped. We're, I'm, just, we're just all out here trying to sharpen our teeth. Just sharpen teeth, you know, monkey <laughs> teeth. <laughs> but I think we did that justice. I'm really hyped to get this one in the bag. It's, uh, I'm glad we got to like talk about the company and kind of the story a little bit and, and anything. I'm curious to hear what people think of this episode. Um, so shoot us a, shoot us a DM on, on Instagram. If, what you think the good bad the ugly okay wesley um <laughs> just blow up yours <laughs> yeah yeah man i'm i'm hyped i think this is cool and now we can now we can talk about our war stories uh randomly throughout the pod now that people have this context yeah it, it's a it's a long one but hopefully you guys learned a lot about what we do in the day-to-day and kind of the struggles of building a company to from from zero to freaking hero <laughs> baby all right love you missy bye